I actually think that I live below a drag queen and not in any derogatory way. Like yeah. drag queens are amazing. Mm-hmm. But I, this is why, this is my theory. Number one, I always hear strutting. Mm. This person that lives above me is not clomping around in heels. They are strutting mm. in their apartment. Yeah. <laughs> there is a drag venue right by me. Mm-hmm. Many, many drag queens perform there. Mm-hmm. Number three, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what the third point is, but those two are good enough for me. I just strongly yeah. feel like I live below a drag queen. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas! Hello, hello, hello. Or should I say ho, ho, Ooh. ho? Welcome back to our 25 days of Y2 Christmas. What a clever little catchphrase. Yes. Uh, I do have to give a shout out to Trisha for giving us the idea for that name. Thank you, Trisha. Uh, originally, it was just going to be Y2K Christmas, and she did come up with the little tag. So shout out Trisha. Is she in marketing? Um, yeah, she is. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Yeah. Um, We hope that you guys have been having a good uh, December so far. I've definitely been immersing myself in the Christmas spirit big time. Yeah, absolutely. I have to put up my Christmas decorations. Just got back to my apartment today. Really tragic. I tried to put up some Christmas lights, like just like, Mm. you know, fucking normal ass little twinkly light situation. Mm -hmm above my windows mm-hmm. and I'm really short and we have really high ceilings. It's true. And I freaking broke them. I no. broke them. I broke the lights and it is like so Like you sad. shattered them? I finally, I had to like, like basically, you know how like a cowgirl will be like, woo, and yeah. she twirls her lasso rope around the, and gets like, yeah. yes, a lasso. Like I had to throw the thing (laughs) over the hooks because I'm so short and then I finally plug it in and it is only half only half of it is glowing like only half of it is working and I was like I know that I broke it I know that I broke it because right where it stops working is where a hook is oh no very tragic very very mentally defeating to me yeah so I'm going to have to get Christina or our friend Monica to come over mm-hmm. and do this for me as soon yeah. as possible or else my <laughs> mental anguish will will take over. Oh, man. Well, hopefully the decor comes together soon enough. Yeah. And today, the movie that we've both been watching most recently, mm-hmm. we have 1994's the santa claus Mm -hmm. i'm telling you we are doing a back-to-back tim allen special okay i'm man aside right i'm I'm putting away the real tim allen from the characters of tim allen i love a good wholesome tim allen comedy i don't know what to say Mm -hmm. i love his comedy in christmas with the cranks and the santa claus i am like laughing out loud he's just so witty and i was talking to phil or we were both talking to phil Mm -hmm. and he was like yeah my dad saw him do stand up like back when he did stand up Mm -hmm. and i'm like 
that makes total sense because he's so funny. Like his comedic timing is so good. Totally. Yeah. It was shocking to learn that this was his first lead film role. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess he was like in TV. He's just mm-hmm. doing home improvement and whatnot. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, my my like backstory with the Santa Claus is that I only watched the first one like two, three years ago, but mm-hmm. I was like not even really paying attention because I was like with friends and just like chatting. So yeah. I really only properly watched it today when we did it for the for this recording. Yeah. Um, but the second one we had on DVD growing up for some reason. So Whoa. I've seen the second one a million times. The second one is insane because I think it literally yeah. starts with like Charlie about to be arrested. Yeah, he breaks into the school because I just rewatched it this week as well. And he, <laughs> he like breaks into the school with his little like gal pal and spray paints like the hallways is like tagging them with like Christmas graffiti because the principal like refuses to spend any budget on like decorations for Christmas or something like that. What a statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very insane uh, movie, but... It was enjoyable. Spencer uh, Breslin incident. I forgot he yes. was in the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty wild. Uh, I In the second movie, I do love Charlie. Like when I watched mm-hmm. it as a child, I totally had a crush on him. Yeah. I was like, he's so hot. Absolutely. Yeah. This movie I'm beyond excited to talk about. Was really surprised to hear that it was shot in Toronto. Yeah. Because I was trying to figure out where – they were even in like in the movie mm-hmm. and I was like, is this in New York? Like they keep saying like West 52nd and stuff, but it's in Chicago. Yeah. I thought it was maybe potentially set in Chicago. I was getting like some sort of an Illinois vibe mm. and I've never been to Chicago, but I do think that it has a very similar feel to Toronto because a lot of people compare New York and Toronto. Obviously they're both like big East coast cities. Yeah. I don't think that they feel the same at all. Very different vibe, different architecture, like I don't really see many similarities between the two, but I imagine that Chicago feels very similar to Toronto. Mm -hmm. We did look up, you know, like obviously a couple of fun facts. Uh, They were initially considering um, when they were writing the script, it was Bill Murray that they had in mind. Mm. Correct. And then they were considering Tom Hanks and Tom Selleck as well. Yeah. I couldn't imagine it with anyone else, but Tim Allen, I think the comedy really suited him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like, Tom Hanks could probably pull it off. It would just be a very different vibe. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Tom Hanks has such like a wholesome energy about him, whereas Tim Allen does always kind of play like the He's grumpy edgy. like dad type. So yeah. yeah, it worked. You told me that originally the plot was that yeah. <laughs> Scott Calvin shot Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> for a Disney movie. Are you joking? And they were like, we're already killing Santa in the first 10 minutes. We can't have him shot. Like, he's got to just fall off the roof. Um, we cannot. Pretty insane. I Yeah. They just, <laughs> they needed to make that change. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I guess before we dive in, should we do our little review roundup? Oh, yeah. Let's uh, just jump right in. The first review we have this week is Ains Lovey. We appreciate your listenership so much. I don't know why I said listenership. I sound like I am in a PBS ad, but (laughs) you did mention that you became privy to the pod because of the Grease TikTok and that you really love Grease. So we had to give you 
We Go Together. Ah, classic song from Greece. And for this montage, I picture maybe it is also the end of your movie. You're just finding that thankfulness for everything you have. Maybe it's your friends, maybe it's your family, maybe it's that like career promotion thing that you wanted. Maybe it's your dog, who knows? But you got that thing and you're like, I am simply jumping for joy. I am dancing. I am grooving. I am moving across this field. Maybe it's not a carnival, but maybe it is a meadow or a lake by your house. Ooh. But yeah, I just picture you you're you're happy, you're in your state of elation and you're dancing along till we go together. Oh, beautiful. Next up, we have a review from Polly. In your review, you said that, you know, you were really looking forward to the upcoming content that you're now able to listen to on the pod. And to that, we say, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. And we had to give you Bootylicious by Destiny's Child. An absolute bop, of course. So I see this montage as you are having an amazing girls night. It's like the pregame. So all your friends come over. You are all like getting ready. You have your mirrors like lined up. Everyone's doing their makeup. Mm. Like you're like, oh, here, use this eyeliner. Oh, like here, you can borrow this lipstick. And you're like doing each other's hair, getting ready. One of you is making the cocktails or mocktails, whatever. Wow, what an organized get together. Oh, yeah. Everyone's got their little job they got to do. You know, you're all looking amazing. You put on your outfits. You feel so like cool and confident. You're just having like a great time with your friends excited for the night ahead you're gonna go and dance the night away i love that next up we have darisa barisa and we gave you then she appeared by xtc and darisa i don't know if you're a gilmore girl stan but this song stands out in my memory as when mm-hmm. Rory and Chess finally get together and they <sighs> uh, my favorite they're just having the time of their lives pretty much they will never have a better relationship than this True. one True. to be honest <laughs> um, but Darius for this it is really genuinely about seeing someone who is so amazing and beautiful and just rocks your world and you're that person mm. in this montage. Oh my gosh. And I think in this montage, actually, it's someone seeing you. Mm-hmm. Maybe for the first time. Maybe <gasps> it's a first date. You Ooh. know? Maybe they're about to propose. Who knows? I don't know where you are in your journey in life. <laughs> but they see you and it's like they're seeing you for the first time and they just take you in and are like, wow, Teresa Barisa. I want to get to know them. I want to know what build they're thinking about. Them, Ooh, you know? Build a life with them. Yes. This person that's seeing you is enthralled. They are mm. ready to take in your every word. Wow. I gosh. know. I know. You got me blushing on the other end of the line right now. It's literally not even rom-com February. I don't know where I'm coming yeah. up with this shit. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And last but not least, we have a review from Alex. So in your review, you did request that we do Practical Magic. Unfortunately, it was on our shortlist for Spooktober. It just missed the cut. Yes. But for all of our listeners who have asked us to do Practical Magic, 
don't worry, it's on the list. We will get to it. But because of the practical magic reference, we were like, okay, maybe something a little witchy, a little spooky. So we decided to go with Black Magic Woman by Santana. This is like a very like sultry, like steamy little song. And I see this as you're having kind of like a night to yourself where you like light a bunch of candles in your room. You like pour yourself a glass of wine and you like put on maybe like a silk robe and uh, you're just like very relaxed in your space. You like do your skincare, maybe do like a face mask, put on your moisturizer. You climb into like the softest sheets, maybe have like silk sheets or something you just like slide into them and uh are just like having this lovely time to yourself that is so nice (laughs) alex i kid you not like yesterday i did my nighttime skin routine Mm -hmm. and i just climbed into the comfiest jersey sheets yeah amazing (laughs) amazing time Watching yeah. a little ASMR YouTube video to fall asleep oh my gosh. to. There you Bless. Go. Bless. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for the reviews, everybody. We appreciate them so much. And if you would like to get a little montage song of your own, you can leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And we would love to give you a montage song. Also, before we jump into the episode... Definitely, definitely check out our Tea Public. Yeah. It is the first link in our bio. We have our Raymond the Lifeguard print up there. We have some amazing pics from Christmas movies on there as well. Like there is a Christmas with the Cranks shirt. There is a Home Alone design. Uh, I love Tea Public too because you don't have to just get a shirt. You can also get stickers. You can get a phone case, yeah, like whatever you, can get you want. Get a tote bag. You can even get a mask. Yes. Like there's tons I of think options. There's like a notebook and a mug. Yeah, I'm like, go off Tea Public. I think you can also literally get a tapestry. Like there's so much that you can Holy get. The shit. options are endless. And if any of our listeners are uh, Succession fans, we do have a Kieran Culkin design up there from Home Alone. So Wait, definitely check it out. Is it Kieran isn't the main and he's not no. the lead. He has the smallest tiny little yes. role in Home Alone. Oh wait, I have to actually look at this T Public design. Hold on. <laughs> I just added it like a couple days ago. Wait, is it the Kevin? The Home Alone Kevin Christmas knit t-shirt? No, it's the other one. Where's the other one? It should be the third design. Oh my god. <laughs> You know what I thought this was? What? I thought this was from the Christmas movie where they have the lamp with the like fish oh, stocking. Oh, from uh, A Christmas Story? I thought this was the boy from A Christmas Story. No, no. Holy shit. <laughs> Guys, we are huge Succession fans. Yes. So we had to add a Karen Culkin design. Yeah. It had to happen. I love this. This is mm-hmm. so good. I didn't catch that because you told me about it. And I was like, wait, what? I only see like this guy from, oh my gosh. I'm going to buy yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I will be owning that very shortly. Oh my goodness. I'm going to wear yeah. that around New York too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So definitely go check out our Tee Public, even if just to see that. And catch me wearing that to Nicholas Braun's bar. Oh my God. I would die. I would absolutely die. Mm. When you come visit, we have to go to his <gasps> bar. 
I would love to. Back to the podcast. Yes. But other than that, after you're done shopping on our Tee Public, don't forget you can also follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. We have a ton of amazing content on there. We have a daily gift guide. We have mm-hmm. a daily cocktail mm-hmm. recipe. We're going to have some quizzes and stuff coming up. Like you're going to want to see the content for sure. Yes, absolutely. And if you did want to hear us talk about succession on the podcast, please, please DM us or send us an email mm-hmm. um, because we'd love to do some like little bonus episodes. So just let yeah. us know what you think about all that. You yeah. know, give us a little beta feedback. You know what I mean? Yes, for sure. For sure. You can send us an email at movies that raised us at gmail.com. Yes. You can follow us on TikTok at movies that raised us pod. I think you said the other ones, right? And then Twitter. Oh, and Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. And I do want to shout out our listeners in Brazil because I was talking to a listener in Brazil recently and I was like, our Brazilian listeners are such bad bitches. Mm. We love you. Hashtag sleepover squad in Brazil. Honestly, that's how you know you've made it when you have fans in Brazil. Like that's what I learned from like my fandom years when I was a huge like One Direction stan. Like the Brazil fans are fucking amazing and they go hard. hard. Yeah. So shout out our Brazilian listeners. Yes. Thank you so much. And with that being said, Christina, kick it, kick it off. Let's do it. So we open up. It's a lovely office Christmas party for this toy company. What's the company called? I don't remember. We never know. But they make some sort of doll because they have a sculpture of it. It's like the poly piss and poop or something. <laughs> something like that. Um, and so the boss, the big boss man, he makes a speech, you know, about their amazing year and how they've had all these record-breaking sales. And he's like, I would like to specifically thank our marketing heads, Scott Calvin and Susan Perry. Like, come up here, say a couple words. So they head up there. Um, Susan Perry gets about four words out before Scott immediately cuts her off. That was a bit wrong. Yeah, I was like starting off on a terrible foot here. So he basically cuts her off and is like, yeah, you know, this company isn't just about making a profit. It's about families and like, thanks everybody for another banner year. Yes. And after the party, which I'm also like, what time is this party? Yeah. Because he's driving to his ex-wife Laura's house and he's like, oh my God, the traffic's insane. There's a six car pileup, blah, 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 blah. The road is wide open. He's just late to pick up his son for Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. And that is fucked up. Yeah. So finally he pulls up to Laura's house where his son is waiting for him with his mom and his mom's husband, Neil. And Scott is like, oh, come in for a minute. But Neil stays in the car. Very tense. Neil gives me like really bad vibes through the whole movie. I think I... I don't know, because, like, I have never had a step-parent. I've never been a step-parent. But I feel like he does a little bit of overstepping when it comes to Charlie. Yeah, I don't know if it's because Charlie's, like, so young. Like, maybe he he just came to Charlie's life, like, from such a young age. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's also, like, a comedic character, so he's very much, like, I'm inserting myself. Yeah. 
there's something about him that rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe it's because also I'm used to him in the second movie where he's like barely in it at all and is just like very nice. And in this movie, I was like, oh, yeah, you're like, I don't like you that much, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so inside the house, Scott, um, you know, is talking to Laura and he's like, oh, are you going to your mom's for Christmas? And she's like, no, we're going to Neil's family. And he makes some sort of crack where he was like, oh, like Christmas at the pound. And I'm like, what Maybe. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that like their marriage, she's like, we can't be married anymore. Like yeah. they're friends, but they're definitely, there's no romantic. Yeah flame at all no none whatsoever so that's when you know scott's son charlie is over by the tree and he's like oh there aren't that many presents under the tree and scott's like oh yeah you know because that's santa's not here yet of course and then charlie's like yeah well neil doesn't believe in santa and scott is like yeah that's because neil's head comes to a point (laughs) so like (laughs) lots of animosity clearly so charlie's like Neil's actually very smart and he's a doctor and Neil at this point is honking for Laura to get back into the car. He's like pointing to his watch very aggressively and she's like, I'll be back in a moment, like blah, blah, blah. And Scott's like, Laura, if that jerk told Charlie that there was no such thing as Santa Claus and she's like, okay, well, listen, Charlie was being bullied at school. So Neil and I sat him down and and Scott is like, did you tell him that Santa Claus isn't real? And Laura's like, you know, Neil told him that Santa was more of a feeling than a person. And obviously Scott is pissed because mm-hmm. like that is also his kid. She didn't give him any warning that he was – yeah. Um, that or that they were gonna like tell him that. And Scott's just like, okay, who gave Neil permission to tell Charlie that there was no Santa? Like I should have been a part of that. And I do agree. Yeah. But also we kind of get the feeling that he's a little bit of a deadbeat dad. Yeah. Um, he has a great job, obviously, but he like isn't really there emotionally for Charlie. Yeah, he's an absent father for mm-hmm. sure. And Laura's like, okay, well, Scott, you're never around. We are just trying to give Charlie a firm grip on reality. Charlie overhears them. He's just like, I'm sick of you fighting. Like, you always have to fight when you're together. How old is Charlie? I want to say Charlie's like 10. Like 6 or 10, maybe. (laughs) Those are such different ages. (laughs) Because, like, it's he looks so young. Like, he He looks looks really young. But I think he's in elementary school. Like a second grader. Yeah, second would be eight. Yeah, he looks like he would be a second grader. But the way that he talks, I feel like he talks like he's a lot older than he is. I think that's, like, a character choice. Yeah, yeah. So I was, like, very – having a hard time trying to, like, get a grasp. Yeah. Eight? I think he's probably eight. Yeah. But anyways, Scott tells Charlie that they aren't fighting, that, you know, mom's just singing and it sounds a lot like fighting. I'm like cats. <laughs> mom's like, your dad's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Your dad is super unpleasant to be around. I fucking hate your father. <laughs> and Charlie's like, you know, believing in Santa Claus is kind of babyish. And for some reason, this word like struck me because I haven't heard the word babyish in so long. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something that 
I feel like people said a lot when I was a kid, like being like, oh yeah, that's so babyish, but I just haven't heard that word in forever. Yeah. Um, but Scott basically tells him that he believes in Santa and he's not a baby anymore and then suggests that it's time for Laura to get the fuck out. So Laura hugs Charlie <laughs> goodbye. Fucking leave. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, like, do you really have to leave? Like, do I have to stay? And she's like, yeah, like, spend Christmas Brutal. Eve with your father. And Scott can totally hear this whole thing. It's pretty rough. And um, Charlie's like, will you promise you're going to be here to pick me up tomorrow? She's like, yes. He's like, early, like crack of dawn early before the sun comes up. And she's like, sure, sweetie. Um, so she hugs her son and leaves. It's pretty rough. And she just tells them to have a great Christmas. So Scott then is, you know, in the kitchen looking over like a recipe book and is shocked to learn that a turkey takes four hours to cook. Yeah. And at this point, again, I'm left wondering, what time is it? Yeah. Because <laughs> this man has spent his time at a Christmas party. I'm like, yeah. Was the Christmas party in lieu of a regular work day? Yeah. It must be. Because it is, it's dark outside, but it's winter. So like yeah. that could mean anything. It could be 4 p.m. It could be 5 p.m. Yeah. But yeah, so we see this amazing spread for dinner and then we pan over and we realize that was on the TV mm-hmm. and um, Scott Calvin has literally burned every single item on this menu. Yes. And he uses the fire extinguisher on the turkey, which is like a flame. Yeah. And he's like, Charlie, that's why you want to have a high quality fire extinguisher. <laughs> so they drive to Osabuco or like, he's like, Charlie, do you like Osabuco? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's a like an Italian. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a dish. Yeah. And then he realizes it's closed. So he's like, okay, Mm-mm. SOL. And Charlie tells him that Neil is a really good cook. And Scott is like, well, you, you should see uh, Neil walk on water. <laughs> and Charlie's like, do you like Neil? And Scott's like, I was joking. But something about him and Charlie finishes his sentence. He's like, lash out irrationally. And Scott's like, where did you hear that? And Charlie says, from Neil, of course. (laughs) He also says that Neil listens to him. And I'm like, okay, maybe take that into consideration. Yeah. And Scott is like, yeah. And then he charges you for it. Yeah, because Neil's a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. So they finally find a restaurant that's open, Denny's. Classic. I've only ever been to a Denny's once. IHOP is better. Mm. But a diner, like a local diner, is usually always going to be better than either one. Yeah. So they go inside. There's a bunch of, like, Japanese businessmen who are eating. We also see just, like, a ton of divorced dads and their kids. So many. Yeah, it's pretty rough. So she seats them down. Scott tries to order eggnog. They're out. Charlie also doesn't like eggnog, so it's a swing and a miss. And he orders decaf coffee. Charlie tries to order chocolate milk, but they're out of that. So he has to get regular milk. And they also want to order apple pie. But of course, they're also out of that. So not like really the Christmas dinner that I personally would want. Yeah. It's not looking too good. But, you know, Scott tries to make the best of it. They come back to his place. 
And um, he does read Charlie a bedtime story. Um, he reads him, it's the night before Christmas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And he notices that Charlie is asleep. So he like kind of skips along to the end of the book, turns out the light and leaves. But before he can make it out the door, Charlie is like, what does that mean? A rose such a clatter. Scott is like, it's a rose such a clatter. A rose like came about, clatter, like a loud noise. And Charlie takes this opportunity to question all of the logic surrounding Santa Claus. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. how did the reindeer fly? Like, how does he do this? And Charlie asks him if he believes in Santa. And his dad's like, of course, I believe in Santa. Now, please go to sleep. <laughs> and before he can leave again, Charlie's like, Maybe you better leave some cookies and milk out just in case. Mm. And he's like, great, I'll just uh, go preheat the oven. And Charlie (laughs) tells him not to forget the fire extinguisher. Yeah. I do remember when I was a kid, I like had stopped believing in Santa, but I pretended for a little while longer than I I did. I feel like that's a really common thing. Yeah. But I know that at one point to try and like test my parents <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I um this was when I was at my like grandparents house in Canada one year for Christmas and I wrote like a little note and I put it with the milk and cookies and I said hey Santa I don't think I believe in you anymore if you're real come wake me up and we can talk <laughs> and obviously I didn't get woken up in the middle of the night by my parents so in the morning I was like mm-hmm and they knew and you knew, but you guys didn't talk about it? Well, that was like the last year that we that we did Santa. But I had already figured out before that that he wasn't real. But I just was like, let me test my parents and see if they'll like <laughs> – I was calling their bluff essentially. How, the lengths that they'll go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I never believed in Santa. Mm. But I don't feel like yeah. I missed out on it. I was just like, okay. Like, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, all right, whatever. The the beauty of Santa really is that you get, like, presents from your parents and presents from Santa. So, like, that's why a lot of kids will, like, pretend. Yeah, that's what I've heard from people. Like, it's like, oh, I figured out Santa wasn't real, but I pretended because, like, I was afraid I was not going to (laughs) get presents. I also, like, was such a Christmas gal always. So I was like, yeah. Like, that, that magic of Santa is fun. Like, I'll just keep it. I'll let it keep going yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. So that night, Charlie is sleeping when he is awoken very suddenly by the sound of somebody stomping around on the roof. What? So he runs into his dad's room to wake him up. He's like, Dad, Dad, a, a clatter has arisen. And <laughs> a rose such a clatter. <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? He wakes up. And he does hear this, like, stomping on the roof. So he's like, Charlie, you know how to call 911, right? And he's like, yeah, it's 911. He's like, cool, wait here. And goes outside in his, like, boxers and boots and jacket to investigate. And there's a man on the roof dressed like Santa. Scott is like, hey, you. And Santa slips and falls off the roof onto the ground. So Scott goes over to him. Charlie runs out. And he's like, that's Santa. That's Santa. You killed him. And yes, 
<laughs> he literally he killed did. him. Spot on, Charlie. I did not realize because I had not really seen this movie before that that's how one becomes Santa is literally by killing the Santa before him. Murder. Yeah. To be fair, though, when I rewatched it this time, I was like, okay, like Scott Calvin doesn't kill Santa. Mm-hmm. He's just like, what are you doing on my roof? And Santa loses his balance. It was an, it's, true. it's an accident. It's Yes. If anything, you could only say it's manslaughter, but it's not even intentional. No, it would not be um, admissible in court, I don't think. No. Dun dun. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> dun I found dun. the subject in the snow. <laughs> Red suit, partially naked, almost like someone was taking off his clothing. <laughs> yeah, that's probably like the sketchier part is that he takes the clothes. <laughs> Luckily, he's disappeared by then. Yes, yeah. So Scott comes over, assumes the man is like alive but stunned essentially. And he's like, I'm mm. I'm just gonna, you know, look for your ID. But all he can find is this card that says Santa Claus. And on the back it says, if something should happen to me, put on my suit, the reindeer will know what to do. So Scott and Charlie actually see the reindeer and Santa's sleigh on the roof. Mm -hmm. They look over to see that Santa has now disappeared, but the suit is still laying on the snow. And Scott Calvin is like, oh my God, this man is naked somewhere. (laughs) And Charlie like begs him to put the suit on. And Scott is overwhelmed. And as would I, if I thought a man just died on my fucking roof. Yeah. He's like trying to talk through how to explain it all he's like okay like you know the reindeer just like whatever like blah 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 then out of nowhere a ladder appears and Mm -hmm. scott completely knocks his head on this ladder and charlie climbs up it and he's like the rose such a clatter company the rose such a clatter that's the company that made this ladder (laughs) and scott's like what in the fucking shit is happening? <laughs> and Charlie starts climbing up to the roof. Scott's like, stop, stop typing. Get your ass back down here. But he does end up climbing up to the roof with Santa's suit. And Charlie sits in the sleigh. Scott keeps trying to get him to come down. But once Scott gets in the sleigh, the reindeer totally take off with charlie at the reins because i think he says something like let's go and yeah. the reindeer are just like Poof. yeah so they take off gliding through the sky for one brief moment before they literally land on the roof right next door <laughs> and charlie is like well come on dad like go get the toys and go down the chimney but you gotta put the suit on first and Scott is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this is insane. This whole thing is stupid. And sweet little baby Charlie just goes, how come everything I want to do is stupid? And your heart just breaks for the poor little boy. He's so upset. Poor little boy. So Scott's like, all right, give me the suit. So he begrudgingly puts it on, puts on the boots, the whole thing. It's way too big for him. He is, like, drowning in it, obviously. And he's like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Like, how do I even know what presents I'm supposed to leave here? And Charlie is like, well, why don't you check the list? And he's like, oh, yeah. Check check the list. Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) And Scott grabs the bag of presents, which immediately starts floating straight up in the air, brings um, 
Scott up with him and Charlie's like, are you okay? And he's like, oh, it's fine. I lived through the 60s. And I'm like, this man has done drugs. Absolutely. is alluding to it right now. <laughs> yeah. So Scott gets sucked down the chimney with the presents, and he goes over to the tree. He leaves the presents, and then a Rottweiler starts barking at him. Mm. And the entire, like, house alarm thing goes off. And Scott goes back over to the chimney, gets sucked up back to the sleigh just in time. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, terrorized. <laughs> so he gets in the sleigh. They take off only to land on the very next house. These are one-trick ponies. You're not yeah. getting around <laughs> their route. You're mm -hmm. totally – it's done. Mm -hmm. Scott thinks they can't do anything since Santa's bag is empty and he's like, also, you know, there's no chimney. So Comet starts growling <laughs> at Scott. And suddenly, the bag is full again. The same thing happens. He floats up. He gets sucked down this, like, little, like, vent pipe. Yeah. And a chimney – or, sorry, a fireplace appears in the living room. Mm -hmm. the, this little girl who's sleeping on the couch just waiting for Santa Claus is like, Santa – why are your clothes so baggy? And why don't you have a beard? And Scott's just like, go back to sleep and leaves this little to toy doll for her. And she's like, you're supposed to drink the milk. And she, <laughs> Scott is like not having any of this. No. This is like <laughs> the sweetest little girl. And he's just like, I am lactose intolerant. I will fucking put these presents back in my bag. <laughs> Do not test me right now. <laughs> so he heads back up to the roof. Yeah. So then we have a lovely little montage of Scott going from house to house, delivering presents. At one point, he pulls like a gigantic kayak out of his bag. We also see Charlie playing in the back of the sleigh with somebody's live puppy that is their Christmas present. And as the sun rises, they head back to their house. He's like, let's go home. Where did the reindeer take him? The North Pole. Then they hear this, like, singing, which is honestly haunting. Yeah. It's very, like, Lord of the Rings elf-style singing where I was like, oh, what's shit. going on I here? I've never seen Lord of the Rings, so I'll have to take your word. Mm. But yeah. this little elven child <laughs> comes up out of nowhere. He types on a keypad into this pole that has appeared. You know, I am assuming it is the North Pole. Yeah. And then the sleigh lowers into the ground. Like there's an underground cavern. Uh, cut to all the elven child slaves in Santa's <laughs> workshop. Quote, this is a quote from my notes. I literally can't with David Crumholtz casually <laughs> leaning against a pillar, smugly looking at Scott Calvin. Because they cut over to this man yeah. and he's just like, mm, <laughs> ah. There, okay, there are two types of people in the world. Those who were in love with David Crumholtz the elf and those who weren't as a child. And you were one of them. <laughs> I was one of them. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the little <laughs> ringlet curls. Maybe it's the attitude. On God, I thought his hair was yarn when I was younger. I was like, they put a <laughs> yarn wig on this fucking man. It is very, um. oh God, what's her name? Raggedy Ann. Does she have yarn hair? 
Am I yeah. making this up? Yeah. yeah, that is definitely the vibe. Um, maybe it's like the slouchy hat. I don't know what it is, but I saw him as a kid and I was like, I think I understand love. I mean, he does look like someone who's from Brooklyn. Like I go yeah. to Greenpoint and I see him. Yeah. Or East Williamsburg. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, if anyone else also had some sort of um, sexual awakening because of Bernard the Elf as a child, hit me up, let me know. We can chat in the DMs. <laughs> hit me up, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> so Scott is like, we're all the freaking grownups right now. And he asks an elf who's in charge. And the elf is like, you are Santa. Are you freaking kidding me? And I'm not a kid. I am an elf. And he's like, I have pointy shoes that are older than you are. And I will say, whoa, my fucking holy shit. I'm sorry. You were like as quiet as a mouse. I feel like I was watching. You ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> I feel like I was watching a horror movie because I could see Phil walking behind you and then you just got spooked. Please just just do your – just come – Christina can edit the sound out. There's no need to give me a heart attack in order to get your fucking go-go juice out of the fridge. <laughs> I will be keeping some of this in probably just <laughs> – for my own enjoyment. And then the grown-ups, oh my fucking God. <laughs> Take it away, Christina. I need to recover. Okay. So, you know, Scott is wondering where the grown-ups are, who's the boss, et cetera, et cetera. They keep saying that he is in charge. And that's when Bernard, David Crumholtz, the elf, comes over and he, you know, there's like some sort of commotion between Santa Scott like, well, and one of the these What's the problem? Elves. And I'm like, bro, no one is briefing him. You think yeah. this man had a, well, I'll let you get to that. But like, <laughs> he does not know what's happening right now. No, like, tell, not at all. Clue him in. Yeah. Save everybody a lot of uh, trouble for sure. But basically Bernard is like, get back to work to one of the elves who stopped for like two minutes to have a conversation. And I'm like, what are the labor laws once again at this workshop? Because it does not seem great. There's like a blow up rat outside of the North Pole. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's so wild. Um. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, like if a store is like union busting, like the union will like come to the store like they did this to um muji and they'll have like yeah. a blow up rat in front of it to mm -hmm. be like you're fucking union busted yeah so um basically bernard introduced himself and calls scott santa and scott's like i am not santa my name is scott and bernard is like let me guess like the other santa disappeared and scott's like whoa 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 hey 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 <laughs> that was not my fault. Uh, the other guy fell. It was an accident. I have homeowner's insurance and a good attorney. Not as good as my wife's, but let's not open up that wound. <laughs> and I'm like, is this in the script? Or is Tim Allen riffing? Because yeah. I find that so funny. <laughs> not as good as my wife's, but let's not open up that wound. Like, I'm literally cackling as I watch this right now. It is very akin to... Um, you know, in Christmas with the Cranks. And, you know, Certainly. I had those those fish tacos. You know what? I got a little heartburn, and I don't think I'm going to do that again. It is very much that energy. <laughs> and you're just like, who let you do this? Who let you add this? 
Oh my God. So he asked Bernard to wait and he's like, how did you know the other guy was gone? And Bernard offers Scott a drink and Charlie's like, I'm very thirsty and I'm very (laughs) hungry. And Bernard is like, okay, like how's another elf go get him something to eat? So Bernard is like, hey, I've got something for you. And he gives him this snow globe and tells him to shake it up. And in the snow globe, Charlie sees a reindeer flying across the sky. Not a reindeer, but like the fleet of reindeer flying across the sky. And Bernard is like, I would love it if you could just hold on to this for me. Can you can you keep it safe? And Charlie is like, I will take very good care of it. He shows his dad who could not care less. He's like, fabulous. Barnabas, I would like to take a direct flight back to reality. And Bernard is like, just calls over a random elf and he's like, hey, uh, you know, get Charlie some grub and then tell Scott to follow him. So we go into Santa's workshop. All the elves are working away, busy, busy, busy. Toiling. No days off. No sleep. Work. Train. Toy. Woodworking. Metalworking. (laughs) Welder. Fucking concept designer. No sleep. Jack in the box. No sleep. Toy hammer. Wrapping. Chocolate making. Hot chocolate making. Yeah. So... Bernard explains to Scott that by putting on Santa's costume, he accepted the contract as stated on the card. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, the Santa Claus. He's like, the Santa Claus? He's like, the Santa clause, like a clause at the end of a contract, the clause. You're a businessman, right? Yeah. The clause, the last sentence of a contract. And I'm like, illegal. (laughs) Yeah. Fully. So Bernard then holds the card up to this gigantic magnifying glass, and it says that by putting on the suit, the wearer waives any and all rights to any previous identity, real or implied, and fully (laughs) accepts the duties and responsibilities of Santa in perpetuity until such time that the wearer becomes unable to do so either by accident or design. This man says, put on the suit. Haha, fuck your life. What do you want to say to Joe Biden right now? Bing bong. Ah, Take me out to dinner. Bing bong. Oh my God. It's truly insane. I would love to make a fucking TikTok. I don't even know if this is possible. Or like a meme at least. And it's like Mm -hmm. him like looking through the magnifying glass and it just goes, bing, bang, fuck your life. (laughs) What do you want to say to show I can do that. I can make that happen. Oh, yeah. I'll put it on on the Twitter. So if you want to see it, go follow us on Twitter. Bing, bang. So what was I talking about? Oh, yes. Okay. Not important. (laughs) Bernard then like, kind of raises his voice and starts yelling at Scott and everyone like stops to watch and he's like toys need to be delivered and it's Santa's job and now that's you I'm like so Bernard (laughs) just because you're tall doesn't mean you're in charge (laughs) yeah just because you're taller than all the other elves here doesn't mean you can have a superiority complex just because you're a pituitary gland decided to become more advanced (laughs) Than the other thousand plus year old elves. It <laughs> doesn't mean you're in charge. <laughs> yeah. So he then explains to Scott that, you know, he can go back home tomorrow morning. That's totally fine. 
Um, and then he has 11 months to get his affairs in order. And then he's due back here on Thanksgiving. And I'll ship the list to your house. Don't worry about it. <laughs> of the list? I know you're worried about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking good at my job. So I got it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah? Well, what if I don't want to do it? What if I don't believe in Santa? And everyone's like, <gasps> cut to a baby elf. <laughs> a and literal I, baby. And in that moment, I go, what are you, 500? Like, I just... <laughs> I'm like, bro, how long can you not be potty trained for? Oh, God. <laughs> That's a horrifying thought. <laughs> like, there's so many questions. But yeah. So Bernard is like, there would be millions of disappointed children around the world. And he talks about how children hold the spirit of Christmas in their hearts and tell Santa to hand over the suit to Judy to be cleaned. Okay, because that is stinky, and he has been wearing that all night. And then <laughs> they get to work. Man, this makes me really want to know more. I need to, like, know about the the lore of the North Pole. Like, I need to know some, like, world building because... I love that. This shit is insane. Like, it makes no sense whatsoever. I do think it's creative to have children play the elves instead mm-hmm. of, like... Like, the Willy Wonka Oompa Loompa thing, I'm like, mm. this is, like, yeah. questionable, to say the least. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, for kids sure. is just, like, better, but even the scene where he's, like, <laughs> well, I'll get to it. We'll just go ahead. <laughs> so, they go into Santa's room, and that's where Judy, she's, like, she's one of, like, the elves in charge, I guess. She's kind of, like... She'd be a great Halloween costume. I suppose. I think she's also recast in the second one. I think it's a different girl. I hate that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she she takes them into Santa's room. She hands Scott some, like, monogrammed PJs that say SC on them. Charlie immediately falls asleep in the gigantic king-size bed. Shaped like a sleigh. Yeah. Very fancy. And that's when Judy comes back in with some hot chocolate for Scott. And she's like, it's my own recipe. It took me 1,200 years to get it right. And he's like, 1,200 years? Like, you look really good for your age. And this line fucking killed me. She then says, thanks, but I'm seeing someone in rapping. And I'm like, this is a child bride. This is a small child This is a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. I'm like, also, where's Judy's movie? I want to know about her romance with the guy in rapping or whomsoever. I did not. I will say I did not remember that Judy had such a prominent role in this movie Mm. because she literally is the one who tells Scott Calvin, like, listen, Mm -hmm. man, you have to be Santa. Like, this is your calling. This is fate. Mm. And... When he does um, his next Christmas later on, like, Mm -hmm. he has the walkie-talkie in his hat connected to Judy. Like, Judy is his guidance. Like, like she is. Oh, yeah. She's, like, the right-hand man. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, Scott does, you know, drink her cocoa. It's incredible, delicious. Definitely one of those, like, movie, like, foods that I've always wanted to try. Ah, I wish they had that at Disney World. Oh, that would be so cool. So then he goes out onto the balcony and just kind of like looks over the North Pole and talks about how insane this is and that he stopped believing in Santa like a long time ago. Like I can see what's in front of me, but I just don't believe it. Mm -hmm. And Judy's like, well, seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. 
And she says that kids don't have to see this place to know that it's here. They just know. Ah, I love that. Yeah. So she then leaves him to get some rest. Scott climbs into bed, strokes Charlie's cheek before falling asleep. And in the morning, Scott wakes up. He is back in his own bed. He's like, oh, my God, what a crazy dream. (laughs) And Charlie is screaming for him to wake up. So Scott notices he is still wearing the monogrammed SC pajamas, and he rushes outside to see if Santa Claus is still there, like if the suit is there. It isn't. He checks the snow. He checks the roof. Like there's nothing. So back inside, he sits on his like recliner while Charlie is opening up his presents, and he's like breathing really heavily, and Charlie's like, are you having a heart attack, Dad? (laughs) And then Laura shows up to pick up Charlie and is like, oh, Scott, where'd you get your PJs from? What? And Charlie is like, oh, you know, he got them from Judy at the North Pole last night after they went flying with reindeer and dad was Santa. And Laura's like, oh, what? Hey, Charlie, um, why don't you, why don't you wait in the car? So Charlie is like, okay, like, thank you for such a great night, blah, blah, blah. And Laura's like, what have you been telling him? And Scott says that he had this strange dream and he must have told Charlie about it. Like, you know, whatever, who cares? And Scott then goes after Charlie and he asks some follow-up questions. And he's like, oh, I see. Judy, she was the waitress at Denny's. And Neil decides to step in for no fucking reason. Mm -mm. And he's like, What's all this about then? (laughs) And Charlie, once again, explains that Scott Calvin is the new Santa Claus. They went to the North Pole, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And Neil's like, okay, we will be discussing this at the house. I will have you draw um, where he touched you. Like, they are expecting the worst right now. Yeah. And Scott is like, it was all just a dream. (laughs) It's a dream. So the next day at school, it's like bring your dad to school day, like career day. What is career there a name day, for this? Yeah, career day where everyone parents. brings in their yeah. parents. And um, <laughs> fucking no, yeah, they did not do this in my school, so I have no idea. But uh, this firefighter is telling this horrifying story about third degree burns, and the teacher's like, "Okay, moving swiftly along, um, Charlie, why don't you bring?" Uh, your dad, the psychiatrist up, meaning Neil, the stepdad. And Charlie's like, actually, can my dad go first? So he brings Scott up to the front of the class and is like, my dad is amazing. He's Santa Claus. Bam. All the kids immediately start laughing. And this, we actually didn't really talk about it that much throughout, but throughout this whole movie, there are little incognito elves just yeah. scattered about. And this is one that you see really prominently. You'll just every once in a while see a child with like pointy ears. And there's mm-hmm. one sitting right behind like where Charlie was. But yeah, all the kids laugh at him except for the elf. And Scott just is like, oh, you know, LOL. He means that I'm just like Santa, you know. I'm jolly and I'm happy and I only work one day a year. Ha ha ha. But Charlie's like, no, my dad saw Santa fall off the roof and then he put on his clothes and then he delivered presents to everybody in the world. And then like shows <laughs> everyone in the world. <laughs> in the world. And then shows all the kids the snow globe that Bernard gave him. 
And Scott tells the class that, no, like, I work for a toy company. We deliver those all over the country. So I'm like Santa Claus. And this girl raises her hand and she's like, do you make the toys? And he's like, no, we outsource. And then another kid's like, no, stupid. The elves make the toys. And the teacher's like, we don't say stupid and we don't say elves. They're little people. My dear God. Yep. (laughs) So Charlie's like, no, there really are elves. And somebody asks, like, what his favorite reindeer is. And Charlie says, Comet. And then this one little snarly little kid is like, oh, so if I want to be Santa, all I have to do when I grow up is push you off a roof. Which is like, (laughs) bro, relax. Be careful. Do not get on this kid's fucking bad side. Yeah, for real. So after this insane, uh, like, parent career day thing, Charlie's parents and Neil come into the principal's office and Neil asks to speak <laughs> Neil asks to speak first and goes I am a doctor. Oh I'm like God. shut up. Yeah. And the principal is like the reason that we're here is far more serious than a boy believing or not believing in Santa Claus. The issue is that Charlie believes all of this actually happened. And honestly, this is one of the reasons why I like this movie so much Mm. because it's not just about Santa Claus. It's about like a child's psyche. Like it's Mm. it's honestly like they are concerned for Charlie. Like they genuinely are like in reality, they think that there is something wrong with their child, like something Mm -hmm. happened um, or that like he has some sort of like mental disorder. Yeah, because like a lot of – I mean – I am no psychologist. Um, but a lot of times from what I've, you know, read is that a lot of kids after they experience like something traumatic will often like kind of develop delusions like this or like turn to like imaginary friends and stuff as like a mm-hmm. coping mechanism. So if I were a parent and like all of a sudden my child became obsessed with Santa and like that their dad was Santa, I'd be like like you experienced a trauma like yeah, what happened. Like yeah, like what happened? Um so it is mm-hmm. concerning. For sure. Absolutely. So Neil asks Scott what the last thing he did with Charlie on Christmas Eve was. And Scott's like, oh, well, uh, we shared a pool of sugar, did some shots of brown liquor, played with my uh, shotguns, and then field dressed a a cat, uh, looked for a woman. And he's like, no, I read him a book. And Neil's like, oh, what book? Hollywood Wives, the night before Christmas. <laughs> it's like Scott is just like, I didn't do anything. Like, are you fucking yeah. kidding? And Scott just calls this whole thing ridiculous and he gets up to leave. And the principal has him sit back down and tells him that ridiculous or not, he needs to explain to Charlie that this isn't real and that he's not Santa Claus. So then Scott takes Charlie to like the aquarium to like the zoo or something and they're looking at the polar bears swimming around he's like oh these look just like the ones at the north pole and scott's like listen charles that dream you had about us going to the north pole like that it wasn't real it didn't really happen but charlie's like oh you're just in denial like i know what happened and scott's like well, how do you know? Like, you don't have any proof. So then Charlie pulls out the snow globe from Bernard, <sighs> and Scott's like, that's just a toy. We used to make them at my company all the time, but nobody bought them. 
And so they take their walk home and Charlie tells his dad that there are a lot of kids out there who believe in him and he can't let them down. Back at home, Charlie is playing in his room. His mother walks in and he is like pretending to fly Santa's sleigh and talk to the reindeer. Next thing we see, Scott pulls up to the house and he's like, where's Charlie? And Laura's like, oh, I don't know, maybe um, in his room playing with his galoshes and a red hat. (laughs) And it's like a lot of animosity. Yeah. So inside, Neil is talking to Charlie and telling him that it is impossible for Santa to visit all the kids in one night, blah, blah, blah. And Charlie's like, okay, well, not everyone celebrates Christmas. And I actually think that there is some sort of time continuum that breaks down when Santa is in his sleigh. And I'm like, mm. you're very advanced yes. for your age. Yes. And Neil's like, okay, well, you know, I've never seen flying reindeer. And Charlie is like, have you ever seen a million dollars? And he's like, mm. no, I haven't. And he's like, okay, well, then how do you know it exists? Bitch. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of like, <laughs> Charlie has an answer for everything. Yeah. You know? And it's really clear that he's holding very steadfast in his beliefs. Yeah. So Scott comes in and he asks Charlie to take a walk with him. And Neil asks to talk to Scott and he tells him that Charlie is conflicted. And Scott is like, okay, well, you have more important things to worry about, like where to get your sweaters when the circus leaves. And Laura's like, Scott, we're really actually concerned about this. And he's like, why? Like, what are you talking about? And they tell him that they don't know if it's the best thing right now for Charlie to spend time with him. See that? Because it's Neil that says that. And I was like, this is not your place to say that. That's insane. Like, I mean, I don't like, again, I don't know how long like Neil has been in his life, but I'm like, that is between like Scott and Laura. I feel like that's like a huge overstep. You're overstepping. Yeah. So that is like what really bugged me about Neil, where I was like, you're saying a lot of things and you're not consulting like this child's mother about it. I mean, I would definitely say that Neil is not like a likable character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then I just want to say Scott leaves and Neil tells Laura that she was right about the sweater because it looks fucking insane. Yeah, it's pretty rough. So Scott and Charlie go on their walk and Scott basically tries to tell Charlie again that Santa isn't real. But he can't get the words out. Like, he can't really bring himself to actually say Santa isn't real. So instead, he's like, well, there's no there's no reason that we have to tell anybody about the North Pole. You know, maybe some things should just be a secret. And Charlie's like, why? And Scott's like, because I will give you $5. And... <laughs> Is basically like, will you keep this secret for me? And Charlie's like, okay, dad. For the low, low price of $5. $5. I can be bought. Uh, and that is my price. <laughs> the next morning, Scott wakes up, you know, stretches, get out, gets out of bed, and goes to the bathroom to see that he has become almost 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. He is growing a beard and his hair is turning white. So this man goes to work. In his sweatpants and a coat. He says that like his dry cleaner caught on fire and like bada bing, bada boom. Mm -hmm. And his boss, Mr. Whittle, is like, you're fat, homie. And I'm like, (laughs) 
Thwart's HR. Yeah. Like, you, that you, illegal. Yeah. The amount illegal. of things that these people say about this man's weight gain is like, it was, it was shocking just in general, but especially on like, yeah. This year, you cannot talk to like an employee no. like that. No. And like, so Scott's like, oh, you know, I got stung by a bee and evidently I'm allergic. But I'm also like, why would anyone think that he actually gained weight from 24 hours ago? Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But moving right along, they're just starting to order lunch. And so people order, they're like, I'll have a salad with dressing on the side. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll have like a pasta with tomatoes on top, like very little oil. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to Scott and he's like, oh, I have a Caesar salad, you know, no dressing. So lettuce. <laughs> yeah, the lettuce and croutons. And yeah. uh, one of those homemade cookies, uh, the the warm chocolate chip, no nuts, and a little slice of cheesecake, uh, some creme brulee, hot fudge sundae, extra hot fudge, and then like looks around at everyone staring at him and says, on the side. Mm, nice. So finally they get their food and <laughs> we hear the like – Jeopardy theme as oh my, is that what's playing? Yeah, it's like doo, oh my god, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> and Scott is just sucking and fucking this hot fudge Sunday. <laughs> he is licking up every last drop of this mm. hot fudge Sunday, and <laughs> my man's is getting in there with spoon. Mm-hmm. So finally, Mister Whittle is like, "Are you done?" and this other colleague starts their pitch for this army um, Santa thing. I think it's like called Total Tank TV or something like that. Yeah. And he like shows this picture of these like elves and Scott's like, that is not how they look. They have like sparkly speckles on their cheeks and (laughs) they look young. They should be younger and blah, blah, blah. And this man is like, I'm not even entertaining that. (laughs) And he's like, this year, Santa doesn't have a sleigh. He has a fucking tank. Oh, my God. This is, like, the most American thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and Scott is just like, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Santa without his sleigh? Are you kidding me? You know, mm-hmm. we need to have a simple, inexpensive toy that nurtures a child's creative thinking. And Scott's boss is like, yeah, Let's take a little talk. Let's have a little talk outside. Yeah. And then his boss um, is like, you know what? I want to be today. I want to say enough insane things that I get sued because he proceeds to tell Scott, like, your life is falling apart. You are, he calls him like the Pillsbury Doughboy or something. Oh, yeah. He's like, you need to go see a doctor and get some help. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, go see a doctor, go see a psychiatrist, go see a dietitian, um, figure your shit out. Sued on the spot. Like, you're done. <laughs> Sued. You're, yeah. You're done. Yeah. And I'm also like, you are done. <laughs> let this man live. Like, it's, it's not a, it, it's none of your business, first of all, what he looks like. But second of all, it's not impacting his work, and he actually just helped a terrible pitch that yeah, you that just pitch saw. sucked. Yeah. If I were a parent, I certainly would not be buying my child um, a Santa Santa fucking tank. dropped his sleigh to put, <laughs> to put some bombs, bombs yeah. and 
I don't even know what I'm saying. But it's fucking bad. Yeah. Awful. Scott is taking these words to heart. He does go to the doctor. I think that makes sense, though, because it was, like, overnight. That's true. It is very sudden. Yeah, go to a doctor. Yeah. But your coworkers suck. Yes, true. So he's, like, running on a treadmill at the doctor's office. We can see that already his hair and beard are getting, like, whiter and longer by the second. Yes. And he's also put on even more weight. So the doctor takes his pulse, and he's like, you're as healthy as a horse. Everything seems fine. And Scott's like, but I gained 45 pounds in a week. And the doctor's like, well, what have you been eating? And he's like, milk and cookies. He's like, so maybe don't do that. <laughs> he literally says, much. milk and cookies. Hard stop. Yeah. <laughs> so Scott's like, well, what about the facial hair? Because I shaved this morning and it's already grown back instantly. Plus, I'm having all these mood swings. And the doctor's like, you know what? Maybe it's just hormones. And listens to his heartbeat. And his heartbeat is literally the beat of Santa Claus Santa is coming to Claus town. Is coming <laughs> to <laughs> so what does Scott do next? Oh, just goes to see his fucking kids' soccer game. And there's a really cute scene where this little girl comes up to him sitting on a bench and like mm-hmm. looks at him, looks away, looks back at him, and stands up on the bench, taps his shoulder. And she sits down on his lap and is like, I would like ballet slippers. <laughs> and then, of course, this line, like, forms of kids asking mm. him for things. And Laura and Neil pull up to the field to see all these kids surrounding Scott. And Scott gets up, like, comes over to them. And Neil is like, you have taken this Santa thing to an unhealthy level. He gives him his card and tells him to call him. And Laura is, I I would say genuinely scared Mm -hmm. because she's like, I would never have thought you would change your physical appearance to please Charlie, like to get along with your son, which I, to be fair, like if I was his ex-wife, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I am so afraid for my son to be around you. Like you've gone off the deep end. So um, Charlie does come over and Laura grabs his hand and says that they're leaving. And um, Scott is just like, no, no, no. Like, I will go. Like, let Charlie stay. And Charlie is like, the game just started. But they just take him off the field and bring him home. Yeah. I will say the the scene with, like, um, Scott and, like, the little girl and everybody asking, like, for their presence and stuff did make me think of an elf oh. when Buddy is at, like, the doctor's office and, like, talks to the little girl and she's like, I really want to see he talks a lot. And he's like, I'll put in a good word, like, with the big man. Don't worry. Oh, my gosh. So cute. Yeah. So the next day, Scott gets a knock on the door. It's the FedEx guy. He's like, oh, I have a delivery for SC. He's like, Scott Calvin, that's me. So he signs, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, it's a lot of packages. And he's like, okay, well, I'm just going upstairs, but just leave him leave him right inside. The door's open. So he goes up, shaves his giant beard, comes down to see, I don't know, maybe like 100, 100 <laughs> red boxes. So fucking many yeah. red boxes. Yeah. There is a little note attached from Bernard that says, here's a list. Check it twice. And it does say yours. Bernard and I was like oh a little spicy how how intimate (laughs) so Scott does open one of the boxes and it is Santa's list so he looks at the first page and is like 
Absolutely not. Immediately runs outside to the FedEx people, chases them down the street, trying to get them to take it back, but it's too late. Oh, So in the next scene, Laura talks to Neil about Scott, and she's just like, I can't believe that he would go behind our backs and confuse Charlie again. So she asks Neil what they are supposed to do, and he's like, well, there is one obvious alternative. So Scott then goes for a walk, and as he encounters people, he's like, oh, so-and-so, naughty. Oh, so-and-so, nice. And then he, like, this, like, woman walks by, and he's, like, very nice, and she's, yeah, like, in Victoria, very nice. Yeah, she's, like, absolutely not you, sicko. <laughs> um, we then also see him shaving his beard once again, dyeing his hair back to brown. As soon as he pulls the towel away from his face – Immediately the beard grows back and the hair turns white once again. Insane. So we cut to like a courthouse and this judge brings in Charlie to talk to him and Laura talks to Neil outside. She asks him if they're doing the right thing by trying to take Scott's visitation rights away. Yeah. And I'm like, holy moly. Mm Mm-hmm. Zero to 100. Yeah. And Neil is like, He's delusional, you know, but Laura's having second thoughts about it all. And Neil tries to remind her that Charlie is getting too old to believe in Santa. But Laura talks about how when she was his age, she was writing a letter to Santa like every week. And that Christmas, she just really, really wanted mystery date game. And when Christmas came, she got Dozens of gifts, but no mystery date. And Neil says that when he was three, he stopped believing in Santa so because young. he didn't get an Oscar Mayer weenie whistle. And like, Laura's literally like, oh my God, you were only three and like holds his hand. Yeah. When you're three, like, do you even, are you even old enough to even understand Santa at that point? I don't know. What are three-year-olds? I don't know what three-year-olds are like developmentally. I don't know. I have no idea. I get. Yeah, I guess you would be able to probably process like what Santa is, kind of. I think you know a little bit about reality. Like you can talk mm-hmm. at three. Oh, totally. Yeah. But yeah, I don't have any memories from when I was three. No, I have very few because I left Canada when I was four, and I have very few memories of living here. Mm-hmm. And the ones that I do have, I don't even know if they're like my memories or if it's like stuff I saw in a picture or like some, something that somebody told me. Yeah, I would say the first memories I have are in preschool. I do. I guess I do have a couple of memories of just being in um, before preschool. I was in like a daycare. And I have a couple of memories of that. Mm-hmm. So I guess like three or four. Yeah. But very, very few. Like, so I guess it's possible. Yeah. One um one plot hole that I did notice in this conversation, because obviously in this universe, Santa's real, right? Yeah. Like, and has always has been, be. like for yeah. thousands of years. So then why didn't they get those gifts that they wanted? Maybe they were naughty. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, no one's perfect. Like, Santa's not perfect. It's true. It's true. So Scott arrives at this courthouse and asks Laura and Neil where Charlie is. 
and they're like, he's in there with the judge. But Charlie actually ends up walking out at that point and he runs right over um, to Scott and he's like, don't worry, dad. Like I told him everything. I told him about the North Pole and da da da. And literally Scott is probably like, fuck. I just lost my son. Yeah. Yeah. That was really loud. Yeah. But yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they go into meet the judge and of course he delivers his ruling Scott loses his visitation rights until they have another hearing after the new year. So our man, Scott Calvin, goes on his sad girl walk Mm. through the snow. He ends up going to Laura's house, though, and watches through the window while Laura, Neil, and Charlie are eating dinner. Charlie looks really sad and upset. So Scott ends up ringing the doorbell. Neil tries to stop him from coming in, and he's like, oh, do you like – do you really think you're Santa? And then Charlie pipes in. He's like, of course he is. And he can't let all those kids down for Christmas. Like they all believe in him. And then Charlie like yells at Neil and he's like, no, you listen to me. And like explains the whole story again about how Scott is Santa. And he's like, please like remember dad, remember. And then throws the snow globe to him. Oh, so Scott catches the snow globe. He looks in it and in it, he sees the sleigh fly across the sky, just like they did the first time. And he smiles at Charlie and Charlie smiles at him and they run up and they have this big old hug. And Scott says thank you to his son. He's finally accepted that he is, in fact, Santa Santa Claus. So Charlie whispers, I love you. And Scott asks Laura if they can have, like, a moment alone to say a proper goodbye. And, like, Laura is about to say yes, but Neil is like, are you kidding me? And then just, like, storms off. And I'm like, this is – remove yourself. Like, this is not your moment. Bye-bye. Yeah. Let the man say goodbye to his son. Jesus. (sighs) So they have this moment together, and Scott tells Charlie that he should go – But Charlie wants to come with him, and Scott is like, no, as much as I'd love for you to come, you should stay here. And then Bernard (laughs) comes out of nowhere. He's like, "Eh, this turkey is so dry. Have they ever heard of basting? Attitude on this one. Mm. And Charlie asks Bernard if he can come, and he's like, it's okay with me. The next thing we know, Laura pops into the room, and Charlie and fucking Scott are good gone. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. One thing that I was confused about was the timeline because – I think it was Thanksgiving. Yeah, but then he flies off to do the presents that night. I think that there was more of a time lapse than they showed. So he was missing for like a month? I, I genuinely think he was, yeah. What? Yeah, which honestly adds a lot to the story. Oh, my God. That's like blowing – I thought this was like a – he was gone for a couple hours type thing because I was like, oh, weird because like wasn't he due back on like Thanksgiving but then it's like Christmas Eve. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. That's terrifying. Because I honestly also like um, this time that I saw it too, I was like the first time I realized that at the beginning, like when Scott mm-hmm. first realizes he's the new Santa, Bernard is like, great, see you back here at Thanksgiving and then, mm-hmm. you know, you'll – do the presents right but then when it actually happened i was like oh shit like it's not christmas eve 
it is Thanksgiving. Wow. And Charlie is gone for a month. Holy shit. Isn't that insane? This is like blowing my mind right now. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Um, so obviously <laughs> they report. Obviously you would call the police. Yeah. They report this to the be cops. like, what the fuck? Yeah. So the police are using a sketch of Scott instead of a photo um, so that they can find him. And all of the cops are like making jokes about him being Santa. Then we cut to the North Pole. That is when um, Bernard introduces Santa to Quentin. He is the head of research and development. And he's like, oh, yeah, like we have tons of new ideas that me and Charlie came up with to keep you safe. Back at home, the police are asking Laura if this is the most current photo they have of Charlie. And the phone rings at their house and the police record it while Laura answers. It's Charlie. Um, he tells them that he's at the North Pole and he's helping the elves build a new sleigh. And Laura is like, Charlie, do not hang up. Don't hang up. But he's like, I'll see you at Christmas and hangs up. Oh, my God. I can't believe. I can't believe month, this is month. like a month. What the fuck? Insane. <laughs> so back in the workshop, Bernard is showing Santa this like new flame retardant jumpsuit that they've made for him. They're like, it's light and it's durable and you can wear it under your suit. So you don't have to worry about any fireplaces. And Santa's like, okay, that's cool. But... <laughs> What are we going to do if I fall off a roof? Like, how do we be proactive about this situation? Should it happen? I would like to be protected. Yeah. Cut to the police investigation. The police look over their plan. Um, They have blocked off a three-mile radius around the Miller's house. And he tells, like, the policeman that um, Scott Calvin is to be apprehended unharmed and that he will likely be dressed as Santa Claus. They also have, like, the shittiest um, chalk drawing of, like, the three-block radius of the house. Oh, yeah. It looks like... And everyone is cackling. <laughs> like, these cops suck. Yeah. This child has been missing for a month, and everyone's very <laughs> casual about it. Probably why it didn't hit me that so much time had passed. I figured it had been, like, an hour. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm pretty... From this viewing, I'm, like, pretty positive that it, it has been a month because, like, even yeah. Bernard is like, oh, this turkey's so dry, like, da da Yeah, like, it makes sense. But it, it's crazy. Yeah. And I guess, like, it also makes sense that they use that month to, like, do all these uh, optimizations for Santa. Yeah. 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 hate that I just use the word optimizations, um, not in a marketing context. <laughs> so then we get this little montage Um, We see Santa come out in his fancy schmancy jumpsuit. Him and like some elves and Charlie are like strutting down this hallway and they do like a a couple of like dance moves just kind of out of nowhere. Gotta have it peppered in. Oh yeah, it's like (laughs) I was watching this montage and I was like, I need to take notes on this montage because it's so good. Yeah. We also see... You know, a couple of the local Santas in the town get arrested mistakenly by the police. Um, We see Neil looking at Charlie's Christmas stocking and, you know, just kind of contemplating his choices. We then see Santa get a little Christmas gift from Comet. There's a card and also like this very nice uh, red and white rope in case he falls off the roof. (laughs) And Santa's like, thanks, Comet. It really means a lot to me. 
Santa and Charlie hop in that sleigh. They take off. All the elves wave goodbye, and Charlie wishes them all a Merry Christmas. Meanwhile, back at the precinct, the cops are showing Laura a lineup of all the Santas that they could scrounge up. Yeah, bad lineup, too. Like, yeah. They had a lot of information on mm-hmm. Scott Calvin. Yeah. Pretty, pretty bad job. So, back at the sleigh, Charlie is showing Scott, Santa, who knows at this point, mm-hmm. all of the new features, the panel, like the control panel. And he's like, also, your hat is a two-way radio that will connect you directly to Judy. And Scott's like, oh, what's this, a CD player? And he's like, no, that's like cocoa delivery. And there is a feature that pours (laughs) hot freaking cocoa into these amazing little mugs. Mm. And there's also like um, a warm cookie dispenser. Amazing, amazing technology. So... Scott is like, how could I have done this without you? And Charlie's like, you couldn't have. (laughs) So we then see Santa delivering all the presents. And he actually goes to that same first house that he ever delivered a present to. Oh. And that same little girl is sleeping on the couch. And she's like, Santa, you're fatter this year. And he's like, thanks, you've grown too. And he then goes to drink the milk and starts gagging. And he's like, I think that your milk is sour, little girl. And she's like, it's soy milk. Because remember, you said you were lactose intolerant. He's like, oh, she is so fucking yeah. sweet. He's like, that I did. Thank you so much, small child. <laughs> I have tried soy milk. Like, I use it in recipes occasionally, mm-hmm. but like. Alone, it is It is not a tasty treat, I will be honest. I don't know if I've ever tried it on it. So I definitely had like chocolate soy milk before. Chocolate soy milk is good. Yeah. I feel like if I'm getting a non-dairy milk, my, mm-hmm. my non-dairy milks of choice are usually almond or oat. Well, almond or oat is like, especially oat, it's like so creamy. Yeah. Although I do have currently in my fridge, I have some oat eggnog. Ooh, how's that? The flavor is right. But it's not thick in yeah, that's hard. texture. So it's just like thin. And like mm-hmm. the whole point of eggnog is that it's supposed to be super like thick and creamy. So I am missing that element. But if you put enough cinnamon and Grand Marnier in it, <laughs> it gets you, the job if done. If you flood it with <laughs> alcohol. Um, it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> but the flavor is right. Okay. Okay. I don't think I've ever had regular eggnog, so the vegan ones are like, yeah, you know, I don't fucking know the difference. Mm-hmm. But anyways, <laughs> back in the sleigh, Charlie asks if they can go to his mom and Neil's house and drop off the gift that he made them. Scott's like, yeah, of course. But of course, there are also cops all over the house waiting to sniff this man out. Mm-hmm. He goes up to the tree, he lays the gifts down, and they tell him to freeze. And he turns around, he's like, oh, my God, officers, hey. like, he freaked me out for a second. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Yeah. They're like, you are under arrest. Okay. <laughs> They're like, where's Charlie? He tells them that he's in the sleigh. Judy tries the radio to, like, talk to Santa, but Santa's done been arrested, and his hat mm-hmm. is on the ground. And... Like, these kids are outside watching him get arrested, and they start begging the cops to let him go. Mm-hmm. 
Then back at the North Pole, girl boss number one, Judy, tells all the elves that Santa isn't responding. So Quentin's like, all right, it's time to deploy ELFS. Bernard sounds the alarm and the effective liberating flight squad, ELFS, run out in uniform and they take off with their jetpacks. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Back at the precinct, the cops are interrogating Scott, and he refuses to tell them his real name. He's like Chris Kringle, Jijo Hohe, like all these <laughs> different <laughs> <laughs> all these different languages of Santa Claus, and mm-hmm. it's it. Tim Allen, you got to give it up for the man and his comedic timing. Yeah, delivery. So. At the house, the elves manage to get to the roof, find Charlie, and they tell him that it is time for them to go save Santa. So one of them takes Charlie's hand and they fly right off in front of this cop who is watching the house. And like the cop is so taken aback, he spills coffee all over himself. So they all show up at the precinct, these tiny, tiny little children. They're basically like, hey, we're looking for Santa. And the cop is like, go home. And Charlie's like, actually, we're here to bust out my dad. And he's like, oh, you're you're the Calvin boy. And basically, the elves, the ELFS, mm-hmm. end up tying this cop to his wheelie chair with a ton of ribbon and uh, shove a donut in his mouth and Ooh, rush tasty. right into the bullpen. And they... Uh, Bust Santa out of his cell using tinsel, I believe, to cut the yeah, doors like some off. Sort of fiery welding tinsel. Yeah. Back at the Millers, Charlie and Scott arrive back at the house, and Neil and Laura just rush up to hug Charlie, of course, because they haven't seen him in about a month. A month? <laughs> <laughs> so Scott hears the cops pulling up, and he's like, I don't have a lot of time. Charlie begs him to leave with him, but Scott's like, it is a better idea for you to stay here. Like, I think you should stay with your mom. And he says that they're a family and they need to be with him too. He can't be selfish. And Charlie is just so sweet. He starts crying. He's like, Mm. I can't be selfish either. And I hate seeing this sweet little boy cry. It is so heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, Scott just tells him there are millions of kids out there counting on him and he can't let them down. So Scott says that Charlie gave him this wonderful gift of believing in him and helping him be Santa and that he is the least selfish person he knows. So they hug and he's like, I love you and asks if Laura and Neil can take Charlie and Laura is like, it really is you. Before Scott goes, Laura comes rushing back into the room. She has the the papers that the judge gave her for, like, custody, and mm-hmm. she burns them in the fireplace. And Bernard comes over, and he's like, Charlie, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, if you want to see your dad, <laughs> just shake that snow globe I gave you. He will come see you day or night, whenever. And Neil is having a time. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like... He's sucking us into his delusions, and he takes Bernard's sandwich. Bernard disappears. Yeah. And Laura's like, relax. I'll explain it to you later. (laughs) 
So, of course, the police come, they show up, they surround the house and tell all, like, the bystanders to return to their homes. And Laura comes out with Charlie and is like, oh, my God, like, you don't have to send anybody. We are all good here. It's all fine. We are okay After my son has literally been missing for one calendar month and, like, <laughs> insane to me. Unbelievable. Like, the whole fucking fleet shows up. The SWAT team is here. Well, it's not the SWAT team, but it's, like, uh, people well with more – Yeah, it might as well be. They have machine guns. <laughs> yes, yeah. And they show up. Laura's like, oh, my God, my ex-husband already left through the chimney. Like, don't even worry about it. <laughs> so <laughs> the police and all the kids outside watch as Santa and his reindeer take off and fly across the sky – so Neil then does finally apologize to Charlie for, like, not believing him. As he should. Yeah. And Charlie's like, it's okay. You were just denying your inner child. And Neil's like, <laughs> Neil's like, oh, you're going to make a great psychiatrist one day, kid. And Charlie's like, no, I'm going to go into the family business. Hell yeah. So Santa Claus drops some gifts up above um, to Neil and Laura and Charlie, Charlie gets a soccer ball, and Laura finally gets her mystery date game, mm. and Neil gets his weenie whistle. And the kids, aka the elves who are watching, they run off giggling, and Charlie looks at the snow globe, and he just keeps shaking it. By this time, like everyone's left, Laura asks Charlie to come inside, and he's like, the snow globe isn't working and he's about to come in when Santa lands down in the front yard and he's like, mm -hmm. you miss me already? It's only been 10 minutes. I was in Cleveland. <laughs> and he asks Charlie for a hug. He's like, would you like to go for a, a quick ride? And he's like, of course, it's up to your mom. And Laura's like, go on, get out of here. And he floats away with his magical bag of presents and Laura's like, just a quick one. And uh, not over any ocean, Scott. And Charlie's like, bye, Mom. And she's like, bye, Scott. Scott, Santa. And off they fly across the night sky. Oh. <laughs> this movie's so wholesome. <laughs> uh, there's so much to love about this movie. Number one, anti-Christmas Christmas story plot. I love it. Santa is like, I don't believe in Santa. How much more of a turnaround can you ask for? Mm -hmm. We have a lovable uh, kid character, Charlie. We have an amazing, like, odd situation where it's like, like, you don't see a lot of Christmas movies where it's like, we are divorced. The kid's stepdad and mom are, like, diametrically opposing the dad. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a really interesting plot. Like, I think that their storyline is so fascinating. And when you see it for the first time, you're like, what's going to happen? Like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And you have Scott Calvin, who's a really complex character, hilarious, goes through an entire journey with himself. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – I mean, it's interesting watching it um, – especially because I'm so familiar with the second one for mm -hmm. who knows why. 
But I mean, like what struck me a lot about this movie is that about 90% of it is not during Christmas. Yeah. Which I did not even realize that that was the case with this movie. Um, So despite the fact that it's like barely ever Christmas in this movie, um, they do, I think, do a really good job of like keeping it very Christmas central because literally the main character is Santa. Yeah. How often do we get a Santa origin story? Almost never. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was enjoyable. It was like good to see where these characters came from. I do think though that I still like the second one better just because we get more of the North Pole world. I hear in you. the second one. I hear you. Uh, because of the weird, creepy plastic Santa storyline that's going on mm-hmm. congruently with the Santa's finding a wife storyline but nonetheless i do think this was very enjoyable and totally made me fall in love with charlie as a character he's like the sweetest little boy because he's much more angsty in like the second one where he's like i'm graffitiing my school and here he's just like a kind of sassy little eight-year-old yeah um too smart yeah very charming um so yeah it, it definitely had like a lot of heart to it and it was enjoyable it's not like my favorite For sure. I also don't have the nostalgia factor for like this one in particular, but it was a really good movie. Yeah. I think it's just for me, the, the Mm storyline. I, yeah, I've always really loved this movie. I always looked forward to it coming on. Mm -hmm. I, it just makes me laugh. It makes me feel emotional. It has a lot of heart to it. Yeah, there. I I can sing its praises all day. Honestly, I mm. could watch this movie. It, it is one of those movies like, um, I could just watch over and over again and just feel like really happy at the end. Yeah, it's definitely a feel good watch for sure, mm-hmm. and very much a classic. I think it's it was definitely um because like we had three movies in particular that almost had the exact same amount of votes for this month, and I believe it was like this one. Christmas with the Cranks and our last one all were super highly requested. So it's a fan favorite for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And with that being said, what would you like to rate the Santa Claus? For story, I think that the story is probably the strongest uh, component for me for this movie. So I'm going to give it uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five. What about you? I'm going to give it a five out of five. Very fair. Very fair. For performances, well, I do think Tim Allen is very funny. Um, I don't think the ensemble is like particularly – I wasn't like struck by the ensemble. Like I thought that Tim was good and the guy who played Charlie was good, but I wasn't like really noticing a ton about anybody else. So I'm going to give it like a three out of five. (sighs) Okay. This is – I'm going to say this is hard for me because this is my favorite Christmas movie. Like, I do want to give it a 10 out of 10. I don't think, like, the acting – I think the acting from Charlie's Gray, I think the acting from Bernard and from um, Tim Allen, like, I don't think those could have been cast any better. Like, I, I really do think that the casting is great and all the characters are doing what – or, pardon me, all the actors are doing, like, amazing jobs – I can't say that, like, the movie would win an Oscar, of course, but at the same time, like, for example, Neil, I'm like, this actor is, like, doing a great job of being, like, unlikable, and this guy who ends up in the end being, like, a good person, but is, like, 
insane. Um, so yeah, I, I want to say like the acting would be a four out of five, but it's still going to be an overall 10 for me. And last but not least, Christmas cheer, Christmas spirit. All the trees. All the trees. It's, uh, I mean, because again, it's this, it's a similar issue that I have with Christmas with the Cranks where there's like not very much Christmas in the movie. So I'm going to give it like, I'm going to give it a 3.7. Whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the Christmas for me comes out in the origin story itself about this man deciding whether or not he wants to like fall into the fate of being Chris Kringle. Like, um, cause I, I love like, you know, a traditional Christmas movie, but I think for me, a lot of it is that balance of like figuring out the holiday spirit and questioning it and like grappling with it, which is my own personal point of view. But yeah, that's a really like enjoyable thing for me to see in a movie. Yeah, that that makes sense for sure. Um, and it definitely makes for a very interesting arc, which I really enjoyed. Um, I think for me, the what holds me back from liking this movie um, as much as some others might is because the other kind of movie that I see that has like a, a Christmas figure placed in the real world, like a fish out of water type of thing is Elf. Such a different movie for sure. Yeah, and I just prefer Elf to this a lot like that's just more like my style of Christmas movie but that being said this was still really really good and I'm really glad that I actually like properly watched the first one I'll probably continue to watch it yearly it'll make it into the rotation for sure we should watch like the marathon when you're here yeah I am very curious to see the third one again because I've not seen it since it was in theaters and it looks fucking insane the third one is fucking insane confirmed yeah for sure well, thank you so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. It was very fun to do yet another highly requested film. Yes, thank you so much. And we are beyond excited to continue the Y2 Christmas with our next film. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for the daily Y2 Christmas gift guide and the daily drink guide um, if you're looking for some Christmas cocktails. Oh, yes. Uh, we can confirm that Tim Allen is not in next week's movie. So he is not. No. <laughs> so yeah, if you're not, you're not a Tim Allen fan, um, you'll be very excited for next week. But in the meantime, if you'd like to enjoy all of our Christmas content, you can follow us on Instagram. It's movies that raised us. You can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can follow us on TikTok at movies that raised us pod. And if you have a little bit more to say, if you want a long form, uh, I don't know, long form, whatever, you can email us at movies that raised us at gmail.com. Yes. And if you have any requests, you can always fill out the movie request form in our bio so we can keep them all in one place. We are, you know, in the process of our 2022 planning. So now is a great time to get some of your recs in. Absolutely. And with that being said, we'll see you next week. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.